0: Governor Kevin Stitt says he sees the light at the end of the tunnel. Youth sports complexes are feeling the pinch, and the IRS releases a new tool to help you track that stimulus check. With The Oklahoman, I'm Dave Morris. It's Wednesday, April 15th, a day that on any other year would have been tax day. But this is year 2020, and the latest numbers from the state health department show that there are now 2,263 cases of COVID-19 in the Sooner State and 123 people have died from coronavirus-related illnesses. Experts predicted a surge of cases could hit our state by next week, but recent data show the number of new hospitalizations and deaths related to the pandemic are tracking well below predictions. Dr. Douglas Drivets, OU Medicine Chief of Infectious Diseases, explains why we might see fewer cases of the illness than previously projected. This is, again, these are predictive models not unlike trying to predict who's going to be in the final four next year. The closer you get to the event the better your prediction gets to be but often you don't know exactly what's going to happen until you're right in it until the game so to speak is over. Right now the predictive models for Oklahoma as well as for many other parts of the country show that the surge if and when it happens will be perhaps less severe than was initially predicted And is getting pushed back and again these are factors are probably due to the influence of social distancing Uh, and of course there could be other things in play that we won't know until it's all over and we look back and study it. Javetz went on to say It will take some time for experts to determine whether we've made it past the surge of cases. Healthcare providers will need to see fewer cases of hospitalizations, fewer patients in intensive care, and fewer deaths over a period of several weeks before they can say we've made it past the peak of the pandemic. Governor Kevin Stitt is extending the Safer at Home order to May 6th for those who are 65 and older but officials are working on plans to reopen the state. From the beginning, I've been committed to making decisions based on scientific data and the advice of our public health sectors here in the state of Oklahoma. While we need to keep up our guard, we are looking and we are working on a plan to safely open up the state. Like we've done all along, we will make our decisions based on data here in Oklahoma and the advice of our public health uh, professionals. During his press conference on Wednesday afternoon, Governor Stitt said he would allow elective surgeries to resume on April 24th. Non-essential businesses will remain closed until April 30th. Last week, the governor signed over 450 commutations of people who were incarcerated in state correctional facilities. According to the press release sent by Stitt's office, a majority of those inmates were to be released this week. However, as our Kayla Branch reports, due to technicalities, some inmates will be released at a later date.
1: Steve Bickley, the director of the state's pardon and parole board, said that there was an error in that press release. It was as simple as that, and that procedurally, there are no changes. Everything that's signed is still in in effect, but just the way that it was presented to the public was inaccurate. That uh, The type of docket that the Pardon and Parole Board was working through, they were able to commute sentences for people who um, had drug possession charges, property crimes, and they were able to Commute just that one sentence. But those folks that a sit signed commutations for, many of them still had other charges that were not commuted and that they still have to serve time for. And so, those people, while everyone is going to be getting out sooner, Bickley said, not everyone is going to be getting out on the 16th of April. So, there was that confusion, and case managers and others working with those incarcerated individuals, loved ones, they immediately reached out to Bickley after that incorrect news was released last week he said that he didn't think people you know were anticipating their inmates getting out on the 16th and so there was some confusion when that that news came out uh, but you know people had never been uh, advising that folks would be re- all these folks would be released on the 16th and so those who were in the loop as Bickley said were not uh, you know surprised that now there has been this uh, notification change And Bickley said he's been in communication with the governor's office and that mistake was not intentional. Quote, it's one of those things that happen and I wish it wouldn't have happened, Bickley said. Um, But he pointed to, you know, we're in the middle of the COVID-19 crisis and Governor's communication staff is, you know, really focusing in on that. Um, And, you know, some folks with the ACLU group in Oklahoma, they also released some statements about this and said that, you know, it's sad that that happened because there are some people who have loved ones incarcerated and they're worried about them amid the COVID-19 pandemic and they thought maybe there was a ray of hope that they would get out even earlier than expected and now that is not what's going to happen but that they thought this would be a good opportunity to call on the governor to extend his executive orders to call for specific action in correctional facilities uh, working on faster releases even in addition to what the pardon and parole board is doing and continuing to sign the commutation recommendations that are still on his desk and so we'll see as the situation develops Develops, but for april 16th it looks like just about 100 people rather than 400 people are going to be being released from state correctional facilities and that was a mistake made in a press release that governor Sitt sent out late last week and uh, the director said oops sorry Paige. i'm kind of repeating myself as i wait for this uh, governor Sitt press release to sorry, it hasn't and I'm having a, I'm having a tough time. And there are kids outside that have been screaming and yelling all day. There's music, and some sort of leaf blower. I really don't even know. But so I apologize for the background noise. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish it. I don't remember exactly where I landed. So you just make me sound smart, okay? So the pardon and Pro Board is continuing its work. Uh, they have doubled the amount of cases that they are reviewing this month, and they're going to continue to meet and work hard, Bickley said. And this was just an unfortunate error and mistake along the way.
0: Ball fields are empty, courts are quiet, and youth sporting complexes across the state are feeling the pinch. The Oklahomans' Adam Kemp has more on how the organizations are trying to recover.
2: I spoke with several youth baseball organizers uh, earlier this week just about uh, kind of the loss of, of this season right now of um, youth baseball. Um, right now, you know, tournaments would be in full swing, league play for youth, you know, ages. You know, anywhere from t-ball, kids in kindergarten, all the way up through, you know, early middle school, 13, 14-year-olds who play some really competitive, you know, travel baseball. All of that's on hold right now due to the coronavirus, and um, a lot of these organizers just, you know, are are sitting in limbo, basically, not knowing, like, okay, well, are we going to get back to baseball at any point soon? Currently, most of the people I talked to said, "Yeah, we're planning right now uh, to to resume baseball May first here in the state because that's when the um, emergency orders, uh, you know, expire. As of right now, April thirtieth will be the last day of some of the state of emergency orders that you know different cities within the metro have uh, put that you know has closed down businesses and and canceled youth sports and." and different things like that. Uh, so as of right now, uh, there are there's planned baseball starting May 1st. I, I talked to Matt Purser, who uh, helps run. He's the tournament director in league schedule for more youth baseball out at Buck Thomas Park. And, uh, yeah, he says right now May 1st uh, would be back on. They have a tournament actually scheduled right now for May 2nd and 3rd. Now, they're fully prepared and I think even expecting that these emergency orders will be extended um, and they'll they'll cancel tournaments. They're not going to try and play baseball in the midst of all this, but um, they're really ready. And I think it's because uh, not a lot of people truly understand how much, um, you know, just a one youth baseball league can bring in. Uh, Purser told me that in just, you know, uh, registration fees alone, uh, more youth baseball has lost eighty to ninety thousand dollars this this year. If oh, that that would be if the season was canceled and and done for good. Now, that doesn't include parking or gate entry uh, for each game. That doesn't include concession stands or the price of trophies and and things like that. That you know he said he goes it's unfortunate because youth baseball is kind of a big business but it's a big business because so many kids and parents put so much into it and it's a big deal because so many people care about it talked to another organizer his name's rick glasser and he actually organizes a lot of big tournaments here in the state and he kind of spoke about the same thing it's it's a big loss in revenue for not only you know some of these organizations, but also for some cities, he um, you know puts on a big tournament in Ardmore, Oklahoma, every year. That they've told him before. Well, you sell out every single hotel here because teams stay there, parents stay there, a lot of travel teams come from outside and need to stay there. Um, so it, the fact that it's it sounds like youth baseball. Oh yeah, just another casualty of the coronavirus and things were missing right now, but it's, it's a big loss in revenue as well. Um, it's so big. In fact, the the president has been, you know, tweeting about youth baseball and hoping to get back to it, uh, tweeted out last week how, you know, basically reassuring little leaguers that, Hey, don't worry, we're going to get you back out there as soon as we can. Um, uh, he also Formed the uh, based the sports coalition and and business coalition earlier this week to figure out how to reopen the country. The the sports coalition filled with uh, you know the top commissioners in sports along with a few top sports executives. Um, and he even brought up baseball, saying that you know he was tired of watching the same uh, games over and over again. Said he is tired of watching games from 14 years ago. So. Um, a lot of people missing baseball right now and uh, it's, it's having an impact here in Oklahoma.
0: Wondering when your stimulus check might be arriving? While the IRS has released a new feature on their site to help you check the progress of the funds, you can visit irs.gov and click on the Get My Payment tab on the homepage to learn about the status of your check. Payments will be automatically delivered with no action required for most individuals. The economic impact statements are part of the $2.2 trillion CARES Act signed by President Trump in March. I mentioned off the top of the show today is April 15th dates in April are special to Oklahomans, especially this year. It's the 25th anniversary of the Oklahoma City bombing, which is coming up this Sunday, which, by the way, we will carry the pre-recorded ceremony live on Oklahoma.com beginning at 9 a.m. We have also produced a documentary called Reflections, and we are releasing that online at Oklahoma.com, so go over there to watch that. It's a film produced by the Oklahomans' Paige dealer to me, and while you're there, you can sign up for more podcasts and email newsletters if you like. Also, help us out. Subscribe at oklahoma.com slash subscribe. For producer Paige Dillard, I'm Dave Morris with the Oklahomans saying have a great night, everyone.